And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. It's uh, still not going to be as good of a movie as Creed, yeah. but mm. it could be fun, maybe. Mm. Like, like all boxing movies, this is going to stand or fall in the quality of his montage. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, Mike, absolutely. <laughs> uh, nice one, Mike. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Is It A Bicycle, Season 10, Episode 12, the original and bestest ever TV and movie podcast. My name is Stephen Wrigley and I'll be your host for this evening. Uh, beside me, a man who says, if you're confident enough, every zoo is a petting zoo. It's Mike <laughs> McDonough. <laughs> also beside me, have a lady who says, 99% of people are stupid. Luckily, she's part of the other 3%. It's Sean. I love Canadian. Live from Vegas, with a man who says that uh, Viagra doesn't make him James Bond, but it sure does help him Roger Moore. Oh, I'm Leonard. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and in the red corner. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I'll, I'll explain it to you. <laughs> and in the red corner, it's our cuddly killer. Not enough Viagra then, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in the red corner, it's our cuddly killer. A man who burned 3,000 calories today by not switching off the oven in time. It's Mark, superhero <laughs> Leonard. This week, we'll be discussing some, or a movie in the shape of Anomalisa. And some TV in the form of Flaked and Underground. Of course, we'll have some of the usuals with the news and some previews and come to a bicycle near you. So how's it going? So can you explain that intro? Roger Moore. Yeah. yeah. You can well, Roger Moore. Yeah, yeah. You can also Roger a girl. Yeah. Oh, is that a yeah. verb? Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's perfect. Yeah. Pin has dropped. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I guess is that everyone uh, from North America didn't get it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe everybody else is just better uh, versed in uh, <laughs> sex puns than me. Oh, okay. Mm. That's, that's actually probably a very good point, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so how are we doing? Yeah, good. There's a uh, fresh cake in the Is It a Bicycle mm. studio tonight. Uh-huh. Mike's, Mike's been baking. I have, yes. There's no no end to my talents. <laughs> you dark horse, Michael. <laughs> What's that? You dark horse. Yeah, there you go. Who knew you could turn your dark and twisted mind to baking? <laughs> <laughs> Yay, everybody wins. I was having um, um, salmon teriyaki with sesame seeds this, this week for dinner, and I thought, you know what I'll do? I'll call Mike, see if he wants to come over for dinner. Nice. nice. But then I ate all the dinners just to, <laughs> save, did, to did, save you from being poisoned. Did you eat the diners as well? Did I eat the diners? Hannibal? <laughs> people who are eating. No. Oh, okay. No, okay. I don't eat people. Yeah. I just you, eat food. Uh, you're missing out on so much, Shona. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> it's a slow week for me. I'm just going to sit here with my tea. <laughs> How's everyone else? I think Mike meant you're missing out on... By not eating people. I don't think he meant you're just missing yeah. his jokes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because Mike is quite nice. I would have then jumped in and gone and said, well, the latter is also true. <laughs> this week in Is It a Bicycle, Mark becomes the Shona Whisperer and explains everything. <laughs> the Shona Whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. <clears throat> so what did we watch this week? So Paddy's Day Watch happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. We mm. could talk about that, actually. Good mm. point. Paddy's, Paddy's Day, yeah. or St. Mm. Patrick's Day, as it is known to the... Uh, Rest of the world. That oh wait, wait. Speak the Irish colloquial. You know what really kills me is people who call it Patty's Day. Oh yeah. Oh nasty. man, <laughs> that gets my goat. It really. Like, yeah, that grinds uh, my gears as well. God yeah. Damn it. <laughs> who the fuck is Patty? Patricia. Who the fuck is Patricia? No, no, no. It's 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 when they serve green burgers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Patties. Well, I have no real problem with green anything, but just that Patty thing. I hadn't thought about it, Steve. I didn't hear anyone say it this year. 
Oh, but yeah, that, that is a ball. Somebody did say it to me and they were reprimanded very, very fiercely. Oh, Steve. They, yeah, they won't say it again. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Good. Not to me anyway. Yeah. yeah. Fair, fair play, dude. Fair play. They won't be saying much of anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Went down with a nice county. <laughs> did anybody see anything exciting in the parades? Uh, Mike did. Yes, I saw the Colchon truck. Yeah. Gleaming in the, in the spring sunlight. The what? The Colchon truck. Colchon. This is the highlight of my year. Uh, Colchon is a, a bitumen provider. In What's bitumen? They use it for making roads and stuff like okay. that. Yeah. And uh, every year, for some reason that nobody nobody has ever figured out, the Colchon truck is part of our St. Patrick's Day parade. <laughs> oh, oh, there's two of them. There's two of them. And they're chrome. And the, and the trailers are big yeah. tankers, but oh, they're chrome wow. as well. They polish yeah, yeah. the shit out of them. You'd yeah, actually yeah. blind yourself, you know, just <laughs> looking at the sun reflecting off these things. <laughs> uh, I got a good picture of Mike taking a picture of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's so meta. Yeah. <laughs> so every year, like, you know, we, we don't go down to, you know, celebrate nationality or see the little <laughs> kids doing their thing or whatever. We go down for the sole reason to see that see damn cold John truck. Yeah. <laughs> I was so looking forward to going to the parade this year because I finally have a child that makes, you know, it makes it less weird, I suppose, to go to a uh-huh. St. Patrick's Day parade in a yeah. town yeah. like where we live. Um, but then I'm doing sleep training at the moment and mm-hmm. her second nap went at the wrong time so the third nap couldn't happen uh-huh. and instead I'm supposed to, she's, she's allowed a third nap but it's not allowed to be in her bed. Ah, that's so same had, with you, Mike, isn't it? So I, <laughs> <laughs> so I had to take her for a drive, so right. I, I couldn't see the parade. So. You could have actually been in the parade if you just followed the Colchon truck. Oh, that happened. I missed an opportunity. That was one of the most. That was the hilarious thing. Uh, this this year's parade, you know, it's all floats and marching bands and kids and so on. And then there's a, a line of classic cars, and then at the end of it, somebody had tra- taken a wrong turn, <laughs> and they ended up in the parade <laughs> in, like, in like a 2004 Opel Corsa or something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was obviously a husband and wife, and the, I yeah. think they were like early sixties or yeah. something. The wife was more. She was dying. She had the head. She was, they were in bits laughing, but she just had the head down. Like. And everybody, they everyone was laughing, it. cheering and clapping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just made it worse. It was so funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sean, remind me: Are there St. Patrick's Day parades in North America? I was asked by my husband oh, what yeah. the St. Patrick's Day parades were like where I, where I come from, and I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know if we have. Them. I don't remember. Well, the Ottawa Valley is full of orangemen, so they probably would have run the (laughs) day parade guys out of it. But Uh, they're huge. They're the biggest St. Patrick's thing I ever went to was in Chicago, Um, and that's like that's just several disorganized mobs uh, in vague directions, but eventually forming into one super parade, and then the parade ends, and then the people just stay there and continue to drink as the river that runs through the city turns green and inexplicably bagpipers on speedboats just kind of go up and down it, confusing <laughs> people about culture. So, yes. Hmm. Okay. I, I, was, I was in the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Seoul. So Were you? Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they, they are everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how, how big would the Seoul... Um, it was probably twice the size of the Orn Moore one. Okay. But that's, you know, it wasn't huge, huge. But so it, it wasn't it was just big. you staggering home after no, all night no, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, wearing a green jumper. No, no, no. no, no it was, it was, Puke running it was down. actually <laughs> organized. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, how was your St. Patrick's Day up north, Mark? 
Well, I didn't do very much, mm. Steve, this year. So I'm hopeful I'll make up for it next year, I'm sure. Mm. But I did do the traditional Irish thing of drinking mm. on Patrick's Day. So, mm. you know, I acquired alcohol and I drank it. I, oh, I felt okay. like it was a job well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You're a credit to your nation, Mark. <laughs> I have just have um, cut to I have the chase. Ex- you know? yeah. Yeah. I have an excellent segue actually for you. Mm-hmm. While I was doing that, I watched Braveheart again. Hey, did you watch it on your new TV? Hmm. Yes, yes, I did. Oh, you did excellent. Did yeah. you watch it on your knees? <laughs> um, I'm confused if this is the same Braveheart <laughs> that I saw. Um, but anyway, yeah, I watched it again. Like, and it was. I haven't watched it now, and. Oh God! Like years and years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great so I was, as I was going, oh yeah, but I fuck like, I'm going to blame some of this on the alcohol, but I cried the whole way through it, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah. Like I think Braveheart can't be spoiled at this point. Mm-hmm. No. But you know, at the start, when Mirren shows up after he's young, then mm-hmm. when they get the young young boys mm-hmm. stuff out of the way, which I'd forgotten about, I forgot that they were kids at the start. Yeah. Then uh, he comes back the village and he catches her eye like mm. <laughs> I immediately started crying because I was like yeah. but I know it's going to happen <laughs> <laughs> so um, and it just it didn't get much better from there actually it just reminded me of probably the best headline that a girl has ever had um, when that movie first came out they had the premiere in Edinburgh okay. and Liam Neeson was there and he was going up the red carpet with uh, the girl who played Mern whose name escapes me um, but yeah, she went up the carpet arm in arm with uh, Liam Neeson, and the headlines the next day in the paper was uh, you know uh, edge to edge. Who is that girl? Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> so now I am somebody. <laughs> this is not entertainment related, but the best slash worst headline I ever read was during the um, trials for. Bill Clinton's impeachment mm-hmm. and whether or not certain articles were going to be allowed into his impeachment trial. Mm-hmm. And the fourth item that was under question was mm-hmm. going to be permitted into the trial. So the headline the next day read, Another Blow for Clinton. And it's just, <laughs> oh. it's one I've never forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> and don't you mean the subheading was, Will they address this? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, I saw something called uh, The Division. Oh, yeah? Uh, Agent Origins. Anyone oh, else see this? I also saw this. Did you? Oh, right. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, so this is about um, uh, a pandemic that uh, sweeps across uh, or through New York, and there's a certain set of agents that are mm-hmm. activated when in the time of like zombie apocalypse mm. or pandemic yeah. or so really on. great need yeah and so <laughs> yeah as society collapses into chaos mm. they organize it and yeah. save stuff and people mm. yeah so it's a is it a ministry web series based on the game i think so yeah yeah um and tom clancy movies mm-hmm. yeah. yeah gotta um, love tom clancy movies yeah it's based on the video game uh by ubisoft um and it's good Mm-hmm. It's good. It's worth a look. It's only, I, I thought it was going to be movie land, but it's actually a web series of 30 minutes chunks. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. there's six of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, did you like it? I did like it very much, but mm-hmm. I had a slight problem with the structure because they kept on uh, repeating the same yeah. backstory. Yeah. You know, you've, I don't know, six agents or whatever. Yeah. So they get five minutes each and it's all, uh, you know, form up on me. 
credit thing yeah, at the yeah. end of each segment. I was like, uh, you could have done all of that in about seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then yeah, given yeah, us yeah. some story, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but it looks cool. Like, you have uh, lots of people to shoot. Uh, some highly skilled people with guns for shooting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and a limited playground in which to do the shooting. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty much what it. What more do you want? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I'd, I'd uh, recommend it. Give it a look. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's worth a look, all right. Yeah. Good tech. Yeah. Um, what else was on this week? Uh, who watched Criminal Minds Beyond Borders? Was that me? I'm sure yeah, it wasn't me. I think it was me. Just me, was it? Yeah, I think I put this on to yeah. just to warn everyone. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, give it a skip. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what we all did. Yeah, and that's uh, yeah, that's all that needs to be said. Um, and who watched Sisters? I did. Mm-hmm. Tell us. Oh God! <laughs> is that the Tina Fey Polar movie? Yeah. Oh, the and hilarious well, I, looking I, movie. I never got to see it, but it stars people I like. Tell me about it, Mark. Maybe four. Oh, yeah. So, I have never liked anything Tina Fey has ever done, ever. Oh, okay. And it's usually with dismay that I look at any Tina Fey thing that comes in the podcast <laughs> list. Because I know that both you and Sean are going to go balls out about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was that movie I didn't like that she did with... Um, oh, the one where Jason they were Bateman. urinating on the pavement. What? No, I don't know. There's, someone died. That was your Patrick's Day. <laughs> so, oh. no, not that one. Okay, no, not that one. <laughs> so, so this- I wasn't a huge fan of the sisters. It had a couple of chuckles in it, but no real belly laughs from me. Um, My safe word is keep going. That was why I watched it, because yeah. you mentioned that uh, John Cena yeah. had a cameo in that as well, and he's the cameo king. Mm-hmm. And he's great, like, mm-hmm. he is great, but like, it's just, no, mm. it didn't work for me. Like, and I, I, th- I thought Tina Fey was the problem, to be honest. She just wasn't convincing, I thought, in her character. I, I, I felt like it was a different kind of character for her. Mm-hmm. She was playing like the kind of like, I suppose you'd, in Ireland, you'd call her a messer. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, she was a hot mess. <laughs> okay. No, okay. <laughs> no, someone, someone that's just out for the crack, like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, no, a wise ass, maybe. Would you call him that and globally? Anyway, I didn't enjoy it very much. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, there are funnier things around. Watch Deadpool instead. <laughs> I also saw this film. Oh. Yeah. And? And I think oh, it... God, I, here I, we I, go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I take Mark's point because... So Tina Fey's character is... Uh, this immature, irresponsible mother who needs to sort her fucking life out. And that gets set up early on. And then there's this, like, the, the plot of the film is basically centered around uh, a party that they're having at their old house before their parents sell it, you know? Um, and there's all this hilarity and hijinks, but every now and then you get reminded of this kind of crushing existential issue of her just being kind of unfit to be a parent. Right. <laughs> so every now and then that pops up because, and I'm sure this is because Tina Fey was, you know, on purpose acting it that way. But every now and then that would pop up and I would kind of go, that, oh, it's less of a party now. <laughs> John Leguizamo was fun earlier on when he was talking about all the drugs they used to do. But now, yep, that's the, the, the choices that have led her to here. So then you go back to Amy Poehler and all this like party, party, party. 
And then I think structurally it falls apart at the end. It is a mess at the end, yeah. It kind of just has a fade out rather than like, you know, a full stop. And so, yeah, I think it is definitely flawed in a lot of ways, but I did laugh at a lot of it in the middle. There are definitely funnier movies, but I think if you like them enough, you should probably still go see it. Is Tina Fey still your favorite person in the whole world? (laughs) I mean, she's she's all right. She's fine. (laughs) So if you were to mark it out of 10... What are we talking? Oh, I'd probably give this a six. Six. Mark? I want to know, Sean, if you had to give Tina Fey a mark as a person, what would you give her? <laughs> are we talking about morally or like in terms of her entertainment capabilities? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man. I'd probably give her like a nine. She's a great writer. I would give the film a five. I don't have a general opinion on Tina Fey other than I dislike watching stuff with her in it. Okay, okay, fair enough, I guess. Yeah. She won't like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I let her down easily. <laughs> thanks, um, thanks, Steve. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Sean, tell us a bit about uh, season two of Daredevil. And spoil nothing or I will cut your head off. <laughs> mm. um, well, she she means it, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Someone wearing a jumper with a cuddly dog also wearing a jumper on it. No, wait, doesn't the dog make is wearing a threats. jumper and a sailor's hat. Oh. I just want yes, to be the clear. dog on your woolly jumper is and the, and the hat a sparkly. Hat. <laughs> it's a sparkly sailor's hat. It's a j- oh j- jumper. Yeah. Anyways. Hmm. So Daredevil <laughs> season two just started up. Um, so we had a little viewing party. Uh, me and my friends. We were eagerly anticipating it, and I don't know what to say beyond every everything about the show that I liked about the first season is present again but more like i genuinely think what i've seen of season two is is even better than season one um it still does the kind of interesting graphic novel comic book arc organizational system where um you know they will have a series of episodes centered around a particular you know part of story and then they'll kind of close that off and then they'll open up a new branch uh, of storytelling for the next about four episodes um, it's very philosophical. Uh, anyone who's seen the trailer is aware that this, uh, it, at least in some ways, at some point comes down to a clash between Daredevil and the Punisher. Uh, the Punisher being, uh, another Marvel Universe hero who, instead of beating up bad guys and being like, hey cops, here's some bad guys I beat up, the Punisher murders them until they're dead from it. Um, so... <laughs> They don't do any of the slow build from the first few episodes of season one with regard to the various antagonists. They just kind of go, this shit's fucking real and be very careful or everyone will die forever. Um, So yeah, great action sequences. Uh, It's really, really sexy. Um, And I think everyone's acting up a storm. And I'm kind of hoping this podcast doesn't take too long so I can go watch the rest of the episodes. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do our best, Sean. Cool. Um, Okay, let's quickly go to the news. Okay, so you know know this this movie uh, uh, series, Divergente? You know that one? We, We talked about Ali Good Giant last week. Right, mm-hmm. and so it's it. That's the the first in two part fi- finale. Uh-huh. Yes. Right. So there's Ascendante that still has to come, um, and that's due next summer. Mm-hmm. 
but they have apparently quite largely reduced the budget. Okay. Due, in because fact, it's not been successful? Yeah, they came in at 29 million on the opening weekend as opposed to 55 and 52 for the previous movies. Oh, well, that's piss poor, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think uh, they made the movies. I think the first one was made for 85 and the following two were made for about 110 mm. million. Mm. So, you'd imagine they'd go back to at least 85, mm-hmm. you know, considering this one's only making 29. But yeah. Yeah. I think they should probably put it up on the shelf for a while. Mm. You know, yeah, uh, considering what's coming out in the summer, I mean, the summer's going to be blockbuster time. You know, maybe, maybe the problem is that the, the oh, I don't know English today. <laughs> Divergent. Mark, can you please give my opinion <laughs> for me? Every, every summer is blockbuster summer, though. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, but blockbuster season. I mean, sorry. Yeah, but like every summer is blockbuster season for the next ten years. Like Marvel and DC have films planned. They're all big coming for 10 years, you know. This is true. Um, but Probably going to be a good time to release it. The release date is the same date that The Mummy is coming out and uh, Mr. Cruz's new movie is coming out. So it they either should like change the date or, uh, you know, shelve it for a bit. I don't know. I don't know uh, if they in, how they're going to make much money with those two coming out on the same day, you know. Yeah. yeah. I think it's fairly, it's fairly sure they're not going to make money anyway. Um, I wonder, Shona, if there were people, this shows that people were aware of the books and their diminishing quality. Thank you, Mark. That was exactly the point I was trying to make without words, apparently. Yes. I don't need to elaborate on that. Mark has said the point I meant to make. <laughs> but I would have su- assumed that people didn't like it because, like, I read key passages from Twilight in the car park before going in to watch the films. <laughs> <laughs> I never read the books. I never read like the Maze Runner or D- Divergent or any of those. So I kind of thought most people were like me, but I guess maybe they're not. Maybe maybe the um, the movie's reputation precedes it from the books, and people have just been like, the books just keep getting worse. Stop at one. Yeah, maybe. Did you hear that they're they're talking about making remaking the Crow? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised they made Too it the soon. first time. I'm with Mike. God, I was see, wondering, was I going to be the only one? No. See, I, I loved The Crow. Yeah, me too. Out. That was one of those films that just like, was a, a movie of an era for me growing up. It oh, of course it was. Mind. The Cure was doing the soundtrack and he was all got and he was, yeah. you know, oh. he was Mr. Was, Lee as well, was wasn't he? It sexy dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, I think Both Sean and Steve wore the same eye makeup as The Crow at that exact <laughs> time. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Sugar in the hair, Spike and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is um, Colin Hardy. Um, so I think he's um, uh, known for, you know, stuff like, you know, horrors, the hollow mm-hmm. and so on, you know. So, yeah, I think he's he's uh, going to be doing it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I, I, I just wouldn't have picked that to be needing a remake. I think it's a bit of a classic. It's like remaking Braveheart nearly. Well, this is, you know? this, I think, goes oh, back they better to, not. <laughs> I think this goes back to our discussion uh, in the bikies of most worrying trend, one of which is that, like, yeah. nothing... No one seems to be creative anymore. It's just like take a franchise and make movies out of it, take a book series, make a movie out of it, and then remake old movies that were popular. And mm. it's um, just leave the crow alone. Trend. Yeah, that's true. It is. Yeah. In other news, yeah, uh, uh, the Lego Movie, which we all remember oh, yeah. uh, from a couple of years back, uh, has an offshoot spin-off movie coming. Everything out is awesome. <laughs> Everything is awesome when you're part of a team. Focusing on 
Will Arnett's version of Batman. Lego Batman. That's right. There's a Lego Batman movie. Do you know he did, uh, um, what's that, uh, lip sync battle and Will Arnett saying everything is awesome? No way. I got to yeah, watch that. Yeah, I saw that. it last week. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so Will Arnett, um, who we'll be talking about later in the podcast, uh, will be voicing the Lego Batman. Uh, this version of Batman is much more uh, self-involved, uh, and he's, he's so rich. He's so very, very rich. Um, so it's going to focus on uh, him needing a lot of help from his butler, Alfred, voiced by Ralph Fiennes, uh, <laughs> and uh, about him struggling to be a mentor. Uh, because he's kind of just selfish and doesn't give a shit about other people. Mm-hmm. To Robin, voiced by Michael Sarah, and Batgirl, voiced by Rosario Dawson. Uh, and of course, there's going to be various uh, trials and tribulations heaped atop him in the form of Zach Galifianakis's Joker. <laughs> so yeah, hmm. excited about that. It's probably going to be very emotional, you know, because of how tough it is to beat Batman. Mm-hmm. Rosario Dawson, what did I touch myself to her in? <laughs> Sin City. I think you'd have to tell us more. Yeah, she was in Sin City. Sin City, that's right. I found the black and white sexually confusing and arousing at the same time. No, she was in something last year. Was he, no, you before last as well that we watched. She was really good in. Oh, look, there an unexpected up. splash of color. Sploosh. Um, uh, what was Terminator 6. Arnie I thought says, they weren't going to do that. Yeah, well, he mm. says he's looking forward to making it, so it might not be dead. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. That'd be well, exciting. Yeah, Speaking uh, of the governor, mm-hmm. um, the Apprentice, the Celebrity Apprentice, yeah. the next mm-hmm. season, which also features one of my favorite people, Chael Sonnen. Mm-hmm. Oh, no Arnie way. Arnie is the You're Fired guy. All right. No way. Yeah. Cool. Oh, I suppose Donald... They can't use Trump because he's busy. Yeah, he'll be busy being president. <laughs> cool. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. It's already in the can now. They're just in, it's in post production. Shona, were you here for the Ghostbusters trailer when we talked about it? The um, new one. Yes. You were. And are you excited about this movie? As uh, well? yes. Are you as excited as we are disappointed with the trailer? Uh, this is the woman Ghostbusters, or the if you'd want to call it that. But I don't <laughs> want to say. <laughs> I, like I don't even Look, see I, gender. You know, I, I wasn't just, just going to point it out. You know. But <laughs> Leading question one hundred and one. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Steve, my answer to that, any question that is um, on the spot and doesn't give me time to do research or look at no, my notes. No, it is just because we're, we're talking my, about it last year and yeah, we were excited my, about it then. My answer the to you yeah. is that I'm a sleep-deprived new mother and I don't remember anything beyond five minutes ago. So I don't even remember seeing the trailer except that we talked about it. Okay. So you can tell me if I liked it or oh. not because I don't remember. Oh, okay. Oh. Wait, <laughs> we should buy some goldfish. You could have new friends every five minutes. <laughs> we're, we're until I forgot to feed them or overfed them and killed them and I kill all my friends. Yep. Keep your shoes on. You're still in the Is It Bicycle Studios now, okay? Right. okay good. This um, isn't that kind of place, Mrs. <laughs> okay, we move on. Um, first of our TV. Mark, do you want to tell us about Flaked? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to, Steve. Hmm. As soon as I find the notes I made. Hmm. Flaked, that's Will Arnett, isn't it? It is yep. indeed, yeah. And he is a recovering alcoholic. Um, is it an alcoholic he is? Or yeah. a drug addict? Um, and he has funny adventures in 30-minute installments on Netflix. <laughs> That's one way. Way to synopsize. <laughs> I think you could have slimmed that down a bit, Mark. Kind of, you know, he, well, I could expand to say that he has a whole load of issues that yeah. are being played out in hilarious fashion while riding bicycles. Okay, what do we think? 
Is it just me or is he the only guy in California that doesn't have a car? <laughs> Isn't it that he's not allowed to drive because of his alcoholism? So oh, I didn't pick up on that. So he drives his bike. He's also a hipster. Mm. Yeah. Too cool. Um, um, My thing about this episode is that I feel like nothing happened and um, I don't care about anybody in the show. Even Will Arnett, I think I saw in the credits in the beginning that is Will Arnett a writer on the show as well as one of the actors? Um, I think he is, yeah. I think I remember that from the opening sequence. And I, you know, I, I love him from Arrested Development and he was great in Lego Movie. And so I think he's got good comedic timing. Um, he does good physical comedy. I was curious to see what he would, how he would fare as a writer. And um, I wasn't so crazy about this episode. There was so much like duding and broing that yeah. I was just like, yeah. it dates itself by about ten years with that kind of language. Um, right. Yeah. And like, kind of nothing happens. But sometimes you can watch a show where nothing happens, and it's interesting to watch because it's about characters. But the characters weren't even interesting. Um, and I really like Will Arnett, so I was kind of disappointed. Uh, I think he was trying to be a bit more serious as an actor. I liked the closing shots of the episode. It, it looked nice, but I, I don't know. I didn't think there was anything in the episode to kind of sink my teeth into. Uh-huh. Did anybody else find that? Well, I think. Am it, I missing a level of meaning that's just going over my head? It it did show the power of screenwriting because you know, if you're actually writing a script yourself, mm-hmm. you can create a world where nubile twenty something year old women are really attracted to 40 something year old men <laughs> who don't have any money <laughs> it's so funny that you bring that up because when i was watching the episode i was thinking the only kind of book series that i started before and didn't finish was the girl with the dragon tattoo series okay. i read the first book i found it interesting mm-hmm. and by the third book i was just so annoyed by it i threw it out and i even mm-hmm. refused to recycle it because i'm like the book doesn't deserve to be recycled um, because it was just, I felt like the author was just like writing in scenarios, being like, and then the male yeah. reporter, who's totally not me, yeah. gets sexed by the woman, <laughs> and then he goes into the office, and he has sex with her, and it was totally, you know, um, self-projection, uh, you know. So did and it I hit s- Divergent on the way into the binner? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I felt that way about Flaked as well. I was like, of course we'll learn that. Like, within about five seconds of uh, meeting him, you know, there's like... TNA. Yeah. And it's like, you wish Will Arnett. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing a lot of wishing watching this. I was thinking, you know, why doesn't that shit happen to me? You know? But <laughs> yeah. And like a woman actually like literally becomes like struck silent mm-hmm. because of her That's attraction right. to him. Yeah. yeah. Well, in fairness, that does happen to me quite a lot. <laughs> it does. It happened the first time I met you, Mike. I, I can only talk now as long as I don't look you directly in the eye. <laughs> Things happen otherwise. Yeah. Mike's Medusa-like glare. <laughs> <laughs> so Will Arnett's character is eminently unlikable, I think, is one of my problems with this show. I'm with you he's on that. Yeah. just a dick. Isn't he? Yeah. And he's not just a dick. He's a dick who pretends to be otherwise to lots of yeah. people. He's yeah. a pretender. And that just, it's very hard to get along with somebody. Yeah. So then everyone around him, I felt a bit of sympathy for. And I'm saying, is that what they want us to do here? We're supposed to like, because yeah. you can't root for someone you dislike. Right. Yeah. So I was finding it hard to like, Sean, you've, you've already covered some of this. I was finding it hard to empathize with him in any way. Yeah. Um, and I felt myself kind of just feeling sorry for his friends, really. Yeah. I, I was just getting annoyed with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, I, I, by the end of it, I was nearly annoyed looking at him. Yeah. You know, it's just, <laughs> you bastard. You know? Well, you didn't feel the attraction. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that and you know that that's always a problem, isn't it? When you don't when you don't like the people that you're watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Reminded me of Californication a bit. Mm. Uh, except David Duchovny is genuinely attractive. <laughs> it's not actually a problem always to have unlikable characters. Um, like I think I might be the only one still watching You're the Worst, uh, which I think I brought up uh, at the Bikies was the last time I talked about it. The person in the world. Um, yeah. Will Arnett's character definitely is unlikable. Um, he is hypocritical. He's surfaced. The whole pitch for the show is that he's a self-help guru, guru for other alcoholics, but he needs a lot of help himself, and all of his advice is maybe probably total bullshit. He is problematic. Like him being around is going to make other people's lives worse. And I think if anything happens in the first episode, it's that he knows that. Like I was wondering for a while, does he, is he just like on autopilot and he's just going to allow anyone who likes him to like him and try and get more people to like him. But he, he doesn't even realize how shitty he is. So I think the only thing that we see is that, yeah, no, he knows that he is shitty. And he doesn't like himself. So I think I think he is pitiable. And it's interesting, right? I think the bros and the dudes don't date the show. I think that they date the character. Because he and a yeah. couple of the other characters are 15 years too old, if not more, yeah, for the lives that they're, they're living. They're stuck in a time warp there, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which Haven't is, I on. think, why they're going after these girls. Mm. I also think that's why the setting is so important. Um, cause it seems to be a haven, you know, for young creatives and a retirement home for older creatives. Um, so I think that that, uh, is just an interesting aspect. And I think it, it does play well with the hipster culture, not just because it's a show about very little, but, uh, like it's too cool for that, <laughs> but because characters themselves, it's like, what is it? There's an artisanal furniture store yeah. that he goes to and no one ever wants to buy anything. So it's open, but like no one comes in and that somehow still works inexplicably. Yeah. Like these people want more money than sense. And I really think that the end of the episode is very, is moving. Like I, I was just going, oh shit, it's not, it's way worse than I thought it was. Mm. Like, I was like, oh, he's going to get comeuppance or he's going to get himself in trouble he won't be able to get out of. Then it turns out, no, it's actually way worse than that because if, even if he doesn't get in trouble, he is a foundationless person of little to no substance who's becoming less and less of a man every day. So Sounds I'm like excited a great to comedy. watch that. <laughs> yeah. So say that again, Sean. I'm excited <laughs> to watch that happening. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I, I think this is just going to be forgettable, really. You know, I, 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 I don't see myself watching more of this. Mm-hmm. There wasn't enough of a hook. I didn't like the guy. See, I think this, like, Sean's done you a know? better job, I, of, I think, um, pinpointing what the show is going to be about. Yeah. Than the show itself did, yeah. because I didn't get, like, I mean, there's, there's a sousan of what you say, Sean, in what I saw. But a, what, a, a Susan. A Susan. <laughs> who she, who, who, who is she in the show? Was that the name of one of the bicycles? <laughs> but um, I don't. Anyways, I, I I see what you're saying, Sean, and it's a very intelligent analysis of the show. But I don't think watching the show it seems to go that deep. I mean, it. it I'm going to shut up. I can't talk today. But I just don't think the show did did as good a job captioning 
uh, capturing that. No, you're doing quite well. It's mostly in English. So, yeah. <laughs> Maybe if Maybe Sean had written the show. Maybe I'll podcast in French tonight. <laughs> and Mark can continue to show no whisper. Well, yeah. this, uh, this is it. I think, Mike, you're, you're at it there. Like, like, Sean, you described a show that I would like to watch, which this show isn't. Yeah. Um, and I think Mike is right. You should have. You would probably write a better one. Um, but I think I think you might be writing this one um, into what it it wanted to be, maybe, but not necessarily how it comes across. It, I mean, so yeah. I mean, I understand what you're saying. I have also watched more of it than you guys. Oh. Uh, spoiler alert for my review. Oh. But I generally think that the kombucha shot. Uh, at the end of the first episode was the hook for me. The what? Like, yeah. The drink. The kombucha shot. Mm-hmm. Is this something to do with Suzanne, the bike? <sighs> no, kombucha <laughs> is a very popular hipster drink that he's drinking throughout. It's crazy or healthy, is he? remember? Mm. Uh, we actually have some in our fridge. Did we you not feel it, it was really, <laughs> really obvious how that was going to end? I didn't. No. I didn't see that coming. I was waiting for that for like minute three. <laughs> No, I was. I don't know what tipped you up. I was just like, oh, all right. Because <laughs> you know he's going to hurt someone likable. Yeah. You know, like there is at least two, if not uh, three, likable side characters, and you just know that he's going to get involved in this self and outwardly destructive relationship, relationships, or patterns like that. It's going to be about other people surviving him and whether or not he can stop fucking up. And it's mm-hmm. like, because he has some amount of likability. I generally do think he has it. It's spoiled by all the shit stuff about him. But I think that there are moments in these exchanges where he has nothing to gain or lose anyway, where he just kind of goes, okay, well, here's some advice. or You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that there is something that I can see where I'll be like, okay, like there, you've got so many problems, but like, it's not like you're a boring, bland, like lack. <coughs> it's just that everything that used to be you know, personable about you has been overwhelmed by all your insecurity and surface, surface, surface um, obsession. So it makes more sense now. So you've, you've watched on a few episodes. You've had a chance to develop more of a flavor for, this, for the show. Can you remember why you watched past episode one? Genuinely, it was the ending. Like, I like uh, Will Arnett a lot, which is why I tried the show. And it's executive produced by Mitchell Hurwitz, who uh, created... Uh, Arrested Development. Um, so I was, I just like those creators. So that's, so that's why I watched the first episode. But the kombucha thing then made me go, oh fuck! Now I'm, I'm genuinely worried about the havoc that's going to be wreaked by this dude who people don't see him coming. Like people don't see him coming, and it's going to be a problem. Which is weird, given how slow he is in the bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> do you think? Um, how do you think Will Arnett fares then in this kind of pseudo drama? In terms of acting, I think. I like him. I like. I'm used to seeing uh, him do kind of more like, uh, you know, slapstick comedy or more physical comedy. Uh, I remember when he he did a sitcom with Christina Applegate about being new parents. Mm. That I think was completely underrated and really hilarious. Yeah. Anyways, between that and domestic development, I'm just used to seeing him in a more, uh, more of a comedic role. But this mm. is. It sounds like a comedy, but really, it's there's a lot more drama to it. So I'm I'm kind of I'm not sure how I feel about it. I don't know if I believe him as a serious guy because I'm always waiting for him to bring up the punchline. <clears throat> I think what I get from acting is that he really wishes he was a serious guy. 
Yeah. I kind of think he was perfectly cast by himself to play this character. <laughs> like, uh, I, I think that the, the drama is going to come from when the laughter stops, which might seem like a, you know, a trite thing to say, but I genuinely think there's going to be a moment where he tries to make his like easy talking charm smooth over something that he's done and he just won't be able to. Mm. And I think that that's where we'll be able to get the real test of him as an actor and the character itself. So I'm interested to see that. I want to see him try. Yeah, I thought I thought it was actually acted pretty well. I just didn't yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I thought he was convincing as a bollocks. <laughs> and <clears throat> I did. There's one scene where he actually apologizes to his buddy for, for messing his shit up and that I thought was really well handled. You, you could, for me anyway, I, I believed he genuinely felt felt bad about mm-hmm. what he had done, um, and and his friend, it worked very well in the scene. They, there was a, a kind of a, you know, bro, I'm really sorry, <laughs> <laughs> dude. It's okay, dude. Yeah, <laughs> but but beyond that level, I thought there was a real human interaction there. Mm. But that said, it's it's fucking shit. Yeah, <laughs> Do you know, I think there was a, my favorite scene in the episode, um, which centers on nothing to do with the plot or anything, mm-hmm. is a misunderstanding he has with somebody about um, a free coffee. Oh, yeah. The, the oh way, yeah, the way that he handles it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was very good actually. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I bet you don't pay for your coffee, do you? Never. Fuck's sure, a smile yeah, and a wink yeah. can get you far, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I come in tonight and Isabel's yeah, in the best studio fucking... hands me tea and cake. Christ, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start charging for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mark. Filler? Oh, complete filler. Mark. Filler. Jonah. Um, this is filler unless I get through all of the other TV that I'm really excited to watch, like Daredevil and House of Cards. And then if I ever have a spare moment and my baby starts sleeping, I might go back to episode two. Oh, okay. So in about 18 years then. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I'll be like duding and broing at that yeah. point. So it'll be 15 years at a date. Um, it's for me. And I'm looking forward to talking about House of Cards with Shona soon. Mm. I'm working my way through it. Daredevil's after. Um, this is filler for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I won't watch any more of this. Sean, I'll let you know if I get to episode two. We can <clears> talk. Um. Okay. First of our movies, our, our only movie this week, is uh, Anomalisa. Um, this is a stop-motion movie. Mm. Yeah. And I, I just want to talk about that for a minute because it's it's so well done that you, you, you kind of forget. So and, well done. Um, it's, it's just, I mean, the movements and it looks like... like I kind of expected it to be one-dimensional and yeah. not very emotive. Yeah. Or maybe even childlike because yeah. of the... Um, medium that they were yeah. using, but immediately the film captures you as being grown up, uh, quite emotional and yeah. nuanced in a way that I don't think I've ever seen stop motion. Never. Before. Never. And uh, even, you know, they go to the trouble of not, you know, having different camera angles in the mm-hmm. same room, you know, mm-hmm. and the lighting in it is yeah. absolutely amazing. The lighting it's is incredible. really amazing. You look good. He looks like he's in a real place, you know, yeah. um, and he looks like a real guy. It's, it's just, it's fantastic. Um, and I can't imagine how much time it took to make this, uh, considering yeah. the amount of detail, like even, like he's smoking a cigarette. How did they do that? Yeah. How did they or do like the smoke? when he's on the plane motion? and you see that it's raining outside and there's raindrops yeah. on the window. And in the taxi. Details, and yeah. stuff like that. It, it's just, yeah. I did not... read something that 
on some days they only shot 12 frames. You serious? Yeah. Wow. 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 Um, That's incredible. Um, the other thing is there's only How three... lazy are those guys? <laughs> <laughs> there's... What, do they work like half an hour? Uh, they, they need to outsource the shit out of that. <laughs> this is written by um, uh, Charlie Kaufman, um, who we know from... Uh, many movies, <laughs> the Kaufman you know, films. yeah, yeah, the Kaufman movies, um, and notably being John Malkovich and um, Internal Sunshine and Beautiful Mind, was it? Yeah, yeah, and so on. Um, so he's always introspective, let's say, in his movies, yeah. and in this one he is as well. Um, I suppose better talk about what it's about first. Um, this is about Michael Stone, who's an author that specializes in customer service, um, and as well as he's able to identify how to treat people, he's unable to make a deep emotional connection with other people. And as the movie goes on, you you realize other things about that he may have a mental state condition about him as well. Um, because there's certain, sometimes you're thinking, is he in a dream or isn't he in a dream? But then he does have a dream sequence. So you're like, okay, he's not dreaming within a dream. So it's not that, you know, so it keeps you guessing in a way, um, all the way through the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's extremely negative about life. He's bored. Everyone talking to him is just, annoying annoying him completely um he just doesn't really have time for it no humor and so on and then uh, he's at a conference or he goes to a hotel for a conference and this is what the movie is about where he meets somebody and um uh, he gets a new perspective or he let's say a new perspective on life or he um finds the person that he's been looking for or he thinks he's been looking for all this time um so that's kind of the the basics mm-hmm. really um there's only three voices in this um there's david uh Tulis. hope i'm pronouncing it right um i'd say most people would know him now from harry potter movies but he's been in loads of movies previously uh what Jennifer- is he in harry potter um i he has a wand uh, <laughs> and he's he's kind of he's very english Steve. and he's got uh i haven't seen them i've, I've seen one of them yeah, they, they, they just fired. You know, see, I gave it filler, so I didn't watch any more of them. Um, I even gave you the book in Irish. I know, I, I haven't got to that yet. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, of course, is in it. Uh, she plays one of the only other voice that isn't voiced by one other guy. Yeah, because there was a lot of women talking who I thought were men, and yeah. in the beginning, especially the when film, they're on the phone. Well, in the beginning yeah. of the film, I thought that Michael Stone was gay because I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. I was talking to a man. Yeah, yeah. Who's upset about clearly a romantic relationship, yeah. and it took me a long time to figure out that it was. His wife a woman he was talking to. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah Michael so was straight. That's done by uh, Tom Noonan. He actually plays every character except for Michael Stone and the it's girl Lisa. Lisa. Yeah, yeah. Greedy bastard. Yeah. <laughs> um so this this is this kinda surprised me. Uh because after you get past the the whole uh technical uh aspect of it and how amazing that is mm-hmm. It was actually a really, really good movie. <laughs> I thought, uh, just uh, like Charlie Kaufman's other stuff, the introspective stuff, it's a very honest movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not a, a particularly nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tends to, I, I don't know, I think he kind of took advantage of people in it as well. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, but... Like, there's some really cringeworthy moments where you're just like, oh, this is... like It's awkward, but it's so true. Yes. It's so true. That's a, I yeah. love that honesty of it. It's yeah. like, this is what would happen. You know, awkward conversations in front of somebody else, you know, when it's about them kind of yeah. thing. You know, that kind yeah. of conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, <laughs> there was, there was, there's a moment in the movie because I was, I was impressed and mm. uh, surprised by how quickly 
the film established itself as not really being like I I I, I equate stop motion with children's stuff, so I really expected yeah. something kind of juvenile. And you know, very quickly we have Wallace you know, and Gromit, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and you know, he gets into the hotel room where he's just settling in, and I thought to myself, I'm not yet prepared to see a puppet masturbating furiously to porn <laughs> and the next scene yeah. we see <laughs> it's like burned into my brain that was it's not michael stone but still <laughs> so now you have a puppet thing to go with the clowns yeah <laughs> yeah 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 so what you think i fucking hated this did movie. you yeah. really with a passion it's it opens up with him in the back of the taxi and 20 minutes later, he's just got to his hotel room and ordered some food. I'm like, oh my god, will something ever happen in this damn movie? Really? You didn't uh, enjoy the storytelling? No, no, not at all. Um, it was... And I, I think Steve mentioned the introspective cinema. I fucking hate <laughs> introspection. Um, really? Yeah, it was like uh, Frederick Nietzsche once said, if you... Um, stare into the abyss long enough, the abyss starts to stare back at you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't like thinking about my own head too much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but didn't Frederick Nietzsche also say that the past is a repetitive future and that we all must take our doom and... Become, I mean, yeah, stop me, yeah. go on. It's <laughs> um, of occurrence. I just couldn't feel any excitement. There was, it felt for me like there was nothing really mattered. All right. Um, you know, he's talking on the phone to various people. It's kind of, okay, is there going to be some kind of conflict or something happening? Yeah. yeah. And it just didn't. Yeah. And then, you know, he has the interaction with the, the women um, that he meets in the hotel. Yeah. Who are obviously big fans of his and whatever. Yeah. And throughout that, I just thought, it's, it's not, it's not happening. You know, it's, where's the risk? What's the, yeah, What's it took the danger in it. it took, Don't you? I could tell you because I was yeah, watching that scene and yeah. I was thinking, isn't it a bit creepy and sad that this man, like, these women, look up to him mm-hmm. as a professional mentor? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. is he taking advantage of that to mm-hmm. kind of try to fill a, a void of loneliness in his life? So he goes yeah. and gets them drunk, and then you know you're kind of thinking, how far is he going to take this? And but they've clearly only gone out for a drink with him, with him because, you know, they're huge fans of his work. So to me, when I was watching mm-hmm. it, that was the risk. It's just like, are you really ready to blow your uh, professional rep because you're so lonely? Well, I saw it actually from the opposite point of view. I thought he was so bored. They had actually manipulated him into going for drinks. And he was just... Hmm, that's an interesting... Ki- killing uh, time. Look, <laughs> angle on it, all right, yeah, yeah. I, like, like, he is so disconnected from the world around him that these people are not really people and he's, he's uh, no what the, they are they're i think we, we can say this because it's yeah. a trailer but they're all the same person in his head yeah he, yeah. he sees everyone as the same uh-huh. person yeah yeah and it's when he meets her he goes ah yeah but uh, what happened when he met his wife and what happened when he met mm. you know uh um what you call her uh, Amorosi. Bella. Bella. Yeah. Amorosi, yeah, yeah. Was that the same thing? Well, that, that's, it seems like he's been so beaten down by life, he doesn't give a shit about anything. I don't think he's in a place where he's in a position to manipulate anybody. 
Right. Because he's just, he's so disconnected from the rest of the world. So anything that happens to him, I don't think is him as the active party. It's the world happening to him because he's, he's just left the world. Right. Right. And I think that's what's hin- uh, sort of hinted at with his mental state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, maybe maybe that's just me. I, I I didn't see it the way you guys yeah. did. But well, you know, there's several there's several yeah. things that sort of you know that kind of threw me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, at the start you're lo- you're looking at a plane, mm-hmm. and then it pans out and it's him looking out at the plane. You're sort of going, that was a bit close, you know. Yeah. And there's no mention of that, yeah. you know. Um, like, was he dreaming then, and mm-hmm. was he looking at himself from the third person, mm-hmm. or you yeah. know. Uh, you know that's uh, really got me thinking, and then you're looking for clues, of course. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, you know, uh, just like in everything, in conversation and what mm-hmm. happened, you know, and so on. I've, again, can't talk too much about that because yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. I think uh, when when uh, it's revealed, let's say, mm-hmm. yeah. And there's a lot of thoughts. Like there's a lot of thinking about this after the movie too, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. in things like. The lyrics in the song after in the closing credits, mm-hmm. yep. that nearly sums it up and nearly, well, it nearly makes you think, all oh, right, okay, well, I can understand him now, mm-hmm. but it still doesn't justify, you know, mm-hmm. him being the absolute bastard that he is, like, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, I, I was just going to say, like, I will grant you, it is technically fantastic. It is. As a, it's pretty amazing. Um, like you were talking yeah. about the shadowing and, yeah, yeah. and the texture and everything. Yeah. You know, fair play to them. They did a mighty job on that. I just thought the story didn't engage me. Um, I didn't yeah. feel it. I was really impressed by um, how touching the human interaction was and how, mm. um, I don't know, very human it it was, which sounds yeah. silly to describe no, no, no. it that way. It is because there's no humans um, in it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm only just realizing as I say no, it, yeah, no, there's, no, there's no humans in it. But you're right, it was. But you yeah. were talking, yeah. Steve, about how... Um, you know, the film Kaufman kind of does introspective films. Yeah. And the first thing I thought about was Zach Braff, because we were talking about this when we saw his last film. And we said, OK, well, we know what we get with Zach Braff because he's always looking at big questions and he makes movies from his own perspective and he's exploring ideas. So, you know, when you go to see a Zach Braff film, what you're going to get. And this is the same um venture in terms of exploration, but he does it with a very different tone. And... um I really like the way that he looks at the, I suppose, human condition. And the first thing that struck that the first part, the first time that that struck me in the film was when he meets, um, I can't say these names today. Amolisa. Lisa. Bella. Lisa. Um, no, Bella. Oh, uh, Bella Amor. Her. Yeah. Amor Bella. um, Amor Rossi. You just see, she joins him for a drink. Mm. And like within seconds, I remember the, I remember thinking to myself explicitly, like she has got, bottomed out self-esteem issues yeah and everything yeah. from how she tucks her sweater to how yeah all the things that she tries to tell him like oh well, you know when they're agreeing to meet she's like oh i i fell a few years ago and i i, I lost a tooth and i have a fake but i don't think you can tell it's a pretty good one and yeah, she's just yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, self-conscious yeah, yeah, before yeah. she even sees him and yeah. she's trying to make excuses mm-hmm. yeah uh, for all these faults that she thinks mm-hmm. he's going to see in her um and then when they do meet you just there's all these little things that they they bring this character to life that it's it's just painfully obvious that she's got zero self-esteem and that type of um yeah very human interaction i think is carried through in in other 
parts of the film that was really impressive. I mean, I've seen movies with humans in it that don't do as good a job. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. The writing is really, really strong in this. It's really strong. Um, I might even watch it again. Sorry, Mike. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's one of these. I think I've missed some stuff as well. Yeah. You know, there's so I, much. I want to see it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's one you, I'm going to highly recommend. I, as Mark always says, I respect your right to be wrong. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, you would love this, I think. From everything you've said about it, I feel like it could be really interesting, but there's a lot of like famous movies that are like that that I still haven't seen. So either there's a reason for that in terms of the genres that I'm predisposed towards, or I would just go watch Lost in Translation. Mm, no, it, you know what? It's, it's much deeper than that. Yeah, I think you Lost know? in Translation is a bit more ambiguous and it's kind yeah. of meant for you to... Um, read into it and I love the film but yeah, I think that this is too. a really good film but in a completely different way yeah it's much deeper should I the writing is comedy so instead of this film should you what? should you what should I see Amelie instead of this film uh no no nobody should ever see Amelie no I would st- I would put this ahead of Amelie if you had to watch one yeah I will recommend this film to someone whose favorite film is Amelie, and we may have to watch both. Okay. <laughs> this is the covenant you'll that have I have a, made. You'll have a watch off. Okay. Um, okay. Do you want to mark it or anything else you want to talk about? Can I mention the lighting again? Yeah. <laughs> lighting was it's, good. It's just, it's, it, and it's so, uh, like, there's small things in it. You know, like even the taxi, you know, it's, uh, you know, the different bits of glare from not just cars going past and where he, like he gets dropped off at his house and then you see the taxi lights turning around that didn't mm. need to do that mm-hmm. you see the different like the lamp in the in the bedroom mm-hmm. is a different light to the the white light coming from the bathroom door mm-hmm. you know that mm-hmm. kind of stuff it's just the incredible the incredible detail, detail. Yeah. incredible detail and you know um since we're going to continue raving about the things that really stuck out to us about the film mm. i really like in the beginning of the film how they use a series of mundane interactions to show how bored he is yeah. <laughs> with, yeah, yeah. with like the the boringness of life, you know. Yeah. And the irony, of course, being that yeah. he is an expert in customer service yeah. and he clearly hates the time he has to put in to enduring good customer service. <laughs> know, you know, he yeah. calls room service and he's just like, yes, yeah. And it just becomes this long drawn out process of them being such so good at customer service, mm. and you can just see him. He just wants to be like, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'll give you the order. Just, just, <laughs> just, you know, yeah, come on. And between yeah. that and the taxi drive, and like all these different, you know, him checking into the hotel, all these mundane moments in his life yeah. that he's just so bored. <laughs> yeah. And you're just feeling for him, like itching for him to get out of the moment because yeah. he just could not be arsed. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's great. Oh, yeah. And also the movement of the characters. It's so uh, fluid, you know, and it looks like there's just small things like you might move his hand to turn around to pick up something, Mm -hmm. but it looks like someone turning around. It doesn't look like a stop motion Mm -hmm. someone. It looks like a real person, you know, which is, yeah, so cool. So cool. I'd highly recommend this and I'm going to give it a very, very solid eight. I identified very strongly with the the main character in being so bored. <laughs> um, I, you know, hats off to the the technical side of it. If anybody wants to make a stop motion movie, you should be move it just a tiny amount. Yeah, 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 yeah. You should be watching this, you know, frame by frame. Yeah, take another frame, just a tiny amount. Yeah. But uh, no, I thought the story was really poor. Didn't engage me at all. Okay. Um, so I'm going to give it a four. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, okay. 
Jesus. Mm. Uh, this movie I had very low expectations for, and I thought this is not my thing. I could care less. This is homework for Is It a Bicycle? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was entranced from the first five minutes. So I'm also going to give it a very strong eight. Excellent. Mm. Camp divided. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next up is uh, second of our TV, which is Underground. Uh, Seanus. Tell us a bit Underground uh, is a new drama about uh, a bunch of slaves in pre-Civil War uh, America in, in a plantation trying to uh, make their make good uh, their escape and go on a 600-mile journey uh, to the north where they hope they can find refuge and become free men and women, um, all set against the backdrop of this northern plantation owner um, who's who's running for a Senate seat, and his brother, who's staunchly opposed to slavery, is down and may become involved in this campaign. Yeah. Well, what did you think? Um, it has an amazing opening. Mm. I really, really like that they've chosen to go with anachronistic music. I love um, that. Yeah. <laughs> like, but all, yeah, just the sound. And, uh, um, it was great. It was, so it was tracked to Kanye West's Black Skinhead, um, which it's, they basically took something that could have just been, okay, there's, you know, someone running through a forest trying to escape some people. It could have been that, because that would yeah. be the kind of thing that would maybe hook people at the start of a show. They wouldn't have had to try anything. Right. But they went uh, with that interesting uh, audio aural device. It was really cool. And they do that a few times. Um, throughout the show, which uh, I always appreciate whenever that happened. I almost felt myself myself expecting it and try- and hoping that they were about to start doing something like that. And if they weren't, I'd be kind of like, ah, come on, go do a fun thing with the way you're telling the story. Um, I think it's very interesting. Um, so it's uh, on WGN. It's produced by John Legend. And I was kind of in my head going, why would you be making this story now like after Django Unchained came out uh, it seemed that people started to turn away from these you know like stories of uh, plantation slavery in the south and 12 years a slave like is this just the TV result of those two movies doing so well at the Oscars a couple years ago or is there some other reason and what I think it's going to be about is the actual journey itself There's a great moment at one point Mm -hmm. uh, where the plantation owner describes in his thick southern drawl that on the fourth day, God blessed him with a fortress because of how difficult it is to get away from his land. Yeah. And that he's never had a slave escape. And then I was like, okay, so I can see that. I will or I must accomplish the goal of getting to the north across this 600-mile journey, either through the mountains or whatever. Like, cool while being pursued, not just by these people from this plantation, but also by any non-slaves that they see. And then there was the whole wrinkle of the um, the Freedom Railroad or the Freedom Passageway, basically a bunch of people trying to help slaves escape. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, there's there's enough going on here that it, that it might work, but they need to be able to have characters that, that draw. And there was a great discussion. Um... At one point, um, between the black guy in charge of the slaves yeah. and the main slave who wants to escape, and there was this psychological power play 
that does get continued later on in the episode where I just went, that's fucking cool. And then the Southern plantation owner turns out he's not actually Southern and he drops the accent. And I just went, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. He's doing it because it's popular. Yeah. And it was just so different to, I hate black people. Black people are the worst and I'm going to make them feel bad because I'm a, a racist and I'm very bad and I'll never get my comeuppance. And then they get their comeuppance. So I like that it's more layered than that. So I think there's a lot to say for it. Yeah, uh, I think you're very right about, uh, you know, hoping that this isn't another Roots, you know, about life mm-hmm. on the plantation and that it's more about the journey to get to the river border, you know, freedom. Um, that would interest me a lot more. It's very strong. I, re- yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was really good. I thought the writing was really strong. I thought the acting was really good. And I, t- I think they do have those characters that you're talking about to draw you in. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm interested in this. Yeah, for sure. Do you know what it reminds me of and helped me reach back into the storehouse of Is It a Bicycle collective memory? Mm-hmm. Um, we watched a futuristic version of this story like dystopia set after the fall uh, of regular civilization, where a bunch of barons had their... Uh, oh, Into the Badlands. Basically. Yeah. Into the Badlands, yeah. Into the Badlands. Yeah. It reminded me of this, of that, right? Yeah. And then I realized, holy shit, Into the Badlands is people interested in this story who would much rather discuss it through the lens of science fiction. Yeah. And I think I'm the audience who wants to consume this story through the lens of martial arts and science fiction. Yeah. Yeah. So I immediately actually reminded me, I need to go finish that show because I still have a couple episodes of that to watch. Oh, I've, so it's really good. I finished it. The season. Yeah. yeah it's great. Dude, because it reminded me so much of Into the Badlands, it reminded me to go watch it. And then I started to wait and hope there would be a, a martial arts fight of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> but this show really get what they're, what they're doing across. You know, it's much more about, uh, running or manipulation. So I don't know. I will say that they still, they still did do a great hook with Christopher Maloney's character. I thought that was well done. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, lads. Uh, <laughs> what show you were watching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Tell us, Mike. Well, I mean, Sean brought up 12 Years a Slave and yeah. Mango Unchained, mm-hmm. which were both entertaining in their own ways. Yeah. This was boring as hell. Really? Oh, my God. I just... It just took all the good bits of Django Unchained and, and 12 Years a Slave and just left them out. <laughs> 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 okay. So we have okay. So you're a runaway slave. All right, that makes you a good guy. But there's one of the black guys wants to stop you, so he's a bad guy. And then there's a slave owner who's white, so he's a bad guy. But then there's a a white guy who wants to help them escape, so he's a good guy. Right. And maybe they should like have some interactions. So you followed this closely, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and um, wouldn't it be great if one of them ever escaped? Because that'd be really exciting. Because like then they'd be chased, and would they make it? And maybe some people would help them, and you know they could come to understand that not that, a, not everybody is bad. That's kind of how stories work, though, is it not? Ah, oh, Jesus, Mike. <laughs> The voice that you're using can be applied to yeah. literally any. Let me, let me just give you a go. You tell me when you know what movie I'm talking about. Okay. Go on. 
you know, wouldn't it be great if there was this, like, oppressed group of Celtic people? Uh, <laughs> one of them can tell, even from childhood, that he's definitely an important, inspirational guy. And, you know, what if he grew up and he was a warrior and he came back to his hometown and he shared a look with the girl from that town that you think maybe he might be in love with? And wouldn't it be great if he learned how to fight really well and raised an army? Oh, and wouldn't it be really interesting if he died from... <laughs> and then but, stuff happened. But funny, funnily <laughs> enough, even in that voice, that sounds like a much better fucking show than this. <laughs> I think that's it's one of Sean's... basically the same story. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, boys. I don't know. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I just didn't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I see. I, I, I think, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I, I, I think you're wrong, yeah. actually. There were there were some great I think six, wrong. there were some great six packs in it. There were some great I birthing mean, scenes. <laughs> <laughs> there was some tragedy. Um, all there right. was some yeah. good whipping. Mm. Yeah. Oh god! There, as a history buff, let's just uh, um, as a history buff, Mike, what did you think about it? Um, I I've little or no interest in American history, to be honest. Um, Not even. I guess I guess I meant the anachronistic music that they used. Did that? Did you find that did anything in any way for the story or against it? Uh, the opening scene, certainly, I agree with you, was was very, very much magnified in its impression by the use of the music. Uh, mm. Not so much through the rest of the show, um, but certainly the opening scene. I'll grant you that 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 was very powerful. <laughs> um, well. But uh, yeah, it wasn't enough to rescue it for me. I was just. I was like, oh, come on. Is anything going to happen? I yeah. think this is another one of these that you went into with your arms folded up, <laughs> as Mark will point out now and again. He went in there, folded up, you had a big haunch on you, and you went, fucking have to watch this. Well, I, the slave I, stuff I, before I, 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 I will admit, I did watch this after Anomalisa. <laughs> okay. So you're so, right on the mood. Yeah, yeah. I, I was already like, you know, fuck these movie makers. <laughs> fucking trying to tell us fucking stories. Yeah, yeah. Fucking okay. Bastards. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, so that's filler from you then, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think so, Mark. <laughs> Sean, you're, I, 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 I presume you're going to watch more of this. Are you, have you well, already? Well, you know, the reason I brought up that history buff thing is I was, I was really involved. I was like, yeah, episode two, here we go. But then at one point, there's a child with a baseball glove, and those weren't invented till after the Civil War. So I'm afraid it's better for me. I'm not going to be able to with such egregious lack of attention to detail. No, Steve. I'm but it, was, watch it wasn't. Badlands. It wasn't actually like, a fully modeled baseball glove, though. It was like a precursor. Maybe okay. they invented it. So you were paying attention. <laughs> I, I think that Into the Badlands being out there and, and shows like that make me want, like, it's, it's purely just a genre thing. It's the only reason. If there was more stuff, like the opening and the closing, um, I think I'd be more into it. Like, there's a bit where they do this getting the gang together series of shots, like yeah. a montage thing. And I went, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. That brings the total over the course of 56 minutes to four things. Yeah. Where I was like, that's cool. And the in-between bits I could take or leave. Yeah. You know? Mm. So I just didn't think I had enough. Yeah. I I, I think I'm going to give it another another go. Um, now into the Badlands. I'd be interested to hear what your take on it is or if you make it through the series. 
because uh, I don't think it'll appeal to everyone, if you know what I mean. I don't think it's as strong as this, even. I th- the potential that, that this has, let's say. Interesting. Yeah. So you think Underground's got a lot of potential? Yeah. You're going to delve deeper. Deeper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a topography sure. joke. Okay, yeah, yeah, fine. I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna go. Uh, gonna go check it more. Yeah. Anyway, I'd recommend. Um, okay. So next up, we've got some previews. I'm coming to a bicycle near you. Okay. So the first one we saw was the Huntsman Winter's War. The prequel to Snow White and the Huntsman. <laughs> yeah. This looks good. This has been coming for ages, has it not? Uh, I did a news story one. about that back when I was doing news stories. You remember when the news used to be good? Oh, yeah. <laughs> back then. <laughs> um, so this is like the fairy tale Snow White. Um, yeah. With no seven dwarves. Mm. It's just the Huntsman. Is it Snow White or is it the Riding Hood? It's Snow, Snow White, White. Snow she's White, the yeah. warrior, though. Mirror, mirror yeah. on the wall. Yeah. So instead of, um, but instead of having an evil queen, who's the evil queen? We have her sister, who is Elsa from Frozen. <laughs> I get it now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Uh, it's a very good-looking family, I have to say. It certainly is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Fairest of them all involved, in it, even yeah. you know. Mm. Ugh. Yeah. This is going to be shit. amazing. Oh, come on. Yeah. It, it's got a superhero in it. You've yeah, got to love it. Fucking Thor is in it. Jesus. Yeah, it's just because he doesn't have his jocks on the outside, yeah. you know? It's being really <laughs> dramatic about some shit that, Mark is correct, literally did happen in Frozen. Yet in Frozen, it had far more subtlety and uh, singing along potential. <laughs> topless, topless Thor. <laughs> oh, I don't give a shit. Oh. I, I give so few shits about maybe Chris you don't. Maybe you don't, but I'm just going to say it again. Topless tour. <laughs> yeah, it looks, it looks there like... There is a demographic that, uh, that matters a lot to. <laughs> it looks like the Huntsman's character is that he hits things. Yeah. So, I'm <laughs> People have won this. Oscars for less. <laughs> and he gets as much training as your man from Arrow, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Topless yeah. Captain Kirk's daddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we get the idea. So you're excited then, Mark? Can't wait to see it. Yeah, yeah. I I think it looks it looks all right actually mm-hmm. for a superhero yeah. movie. You know, yeah. Uh, uh, Shona, did you not hear the thing I kept repeating? I would watch other movies with half naked men, and I would skip this one. Hmm. It's, got, it's got Emily, Emily Blunt in it. I'm obviously Who cares? Watch it. <laughs> Actually, you've got a good dose a of, bunch uh, of naked bland, men and boring people yeah. being bland really loudly. Oh. In yeah. ice. Yeah, I think we should we should move off this before yeah. reductive yeah. man's powers go out of control. Okay, next one. Ben Hur. How cool is that look Holy shit, it's yeah. gladiator only with chariots instead of an arena. Awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. class. Tale it's a film I always wanted but didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Tale of revenge, love, killing, See, murder. No, this is a film that maybe is ripe for a remake. You know, this isn't like mm. The Crow where it's way too soon. It's like Ben-Hur I've never seen, but I know it's a big deal. So now mm. I get to see the new version. I think you're right. Mm. You know? Yeah. This is a well-timed remake. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you got to leave it, what, 50 years? 60 years? Something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the statute of limitations is. I think it's in direct proportion 
to how much money people could make from it. And <laughs> it. I think that's the only thing. Do you know I heard someone say once, how long until they remake Harry Potter? Can you imagine that's going to happen one day? Oh, God. Because it will. It's going to make it's more in that world, though. Do you think? I think they this will eventually are. become Pride and Prejudice. And uh, we're going to see... Like new, like who's the new Harry Potter? And twenty years from now, our kids will be going to see the new remake of Harry Potter. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies just came out a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. oh, gotta check that out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the last one we saw is one called Back in the Day. Michael, yeah, Nance. boxing film, boxing movie. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Enough boxing. I know. There seems to be a lot of knockouts. I didn't quite follow what was going on in this. I. It's just someone reminiscing. A kid who wants to be a boxer grows up to be a boxer and then talks (laughs) about it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with Sean on this. I think it's. I think it's going to be a bit like navel gazing to be. I did not say that. I'm looking forward to this. I just said this is about a kid who grows up to want to be a boxer Mm. and then becomes a boxer. Who also spends a lot of time. Like I said, I I agree with (laughs) Shona. It's going to be very navel gazing and not an effective boxing film. I think. Well, it's got boxing in it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Michael Madsen, I don't know. <laughs> There's an underdog. Yeah. Uh, here we, here's, the, here's the rundown, right, from IMDb, right? A young boxer is taken under the, wing, under the wing of a mob boss after his mother dies and his father's run out of town for being an abusive alcoholic. Oh. Alec Baldwin's in this. Alec Baldwin. Michael Madsen. Shannon Doherty. No what? way. Oh, wow. Danny Glover. She must have been the mother. Danny Glover's in it. Isn't um, he too old for this shit? Mike Tyson's in it. <laughs> yeah, Two weeks for retirement. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't I, know. I, the trailer was good right up until Mike Tyson came in. I was just like, what, why is he here? And no, that it made it for me. It. Really? Made, it, made it, yeah. We can't beat Mike. Uh, Mike rocks. He's done too much self-parody comedy now for me to take him seriously as actually that boxer. <laughs> you ever took him seriously? Come on, well, really. no. It's Mike. But, he never know. wants to be taken seriously. Yeah. He's just a big Don't cuddly take killer. Don't crimes or his personality seriously at any yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. He, he paid for all of those. <laughs> or his face tattoos. <laughs> yeah, I know, well, yeah. I think, Such I a think they, took him pr- they took him pretty seriously in 1983 when he knocked out Michael Spinks in three rounds. Okay. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he'd still like, hammer us <laughs> if it came to it. <laughs> I think this looks like a generic boxing movie, but mm-hmm. I think that the crime element... And the, the dramatic stuff with the mom is going to be focused on a lot, which I think maybe might be what Mark is saying, that it won't be all about like just box, be not the best at boxing, then get better at boxing, then beat the best boxer. There'll probably be slightly less of the boxing <laughs> part in this. There is a picture of Apollo Creed in his room when he's a kid, which I think is cool. Ah. I like that. Mm. It's uh, still not going to be as good of a movie as Creed, yeah. but mm. it could be fun maybe. Mm. Like like all boxing movies, this is going to stand or fall in the quality of its montage. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, Mike. Absolutely. Uh, nice one, Mike. <laughs> so John from Athenry in Ireland asks, Sean, as you are a writer who seems to be keeping very busy, is there anything out there we could watch that would feature you or was written by you or something of that nature? Well, yeah. Um, if if you so chose, um, you could check out uh, on the Offline Film Festival website. They actually have uh, a, a short film we made in 48 hours that I wrote uh, called Pull, uh, about just a relationship between a couple based around beer. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, Where did you get your inspiration? Um, so that would definitely be something worth, uh, checking out. Uh, any other films, uh, I think would have to have an NSFW, uh, but I can, you know, rack my brain and try and think of some stuff to, to tweet out at a later date. Okay. Thanks, Sean. Dear Bicycasters, what is your go-to genre when looking for a random movie to watch? Keep up the good work, Aideen in Edinburgh. Post-apocalyptic. <laughs> comedy. Oh, yeah. Uh, comedy, uh, post-apocalyptic. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, Steve, you'd be looking for international. Inter- oh, sorry. Yeah. International. <laughs> comedy. Uh, Subtitled. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. I actually do browse the action genre. Do you? Yeah. And then if there's nothing new there that I like, ideally post-apocalyptic. Like, I don't know. I think, Mike, were you being serious? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I would genuinely look for post-apocalyptic stuff. <laughs> like, and um, and then if there's nothing in the drama genre, I look for thriller. Really? Hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like thriller too, actually. I, I do like my, de- my detective duos. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> it's your dirty little secrets. Yeah, dirty you? little secrets, yeah. Yeah. Any Those are all or? good. Yeah. I like all of this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> superheroes is what I would add. Or Super. normal people who think they're superheroes. It's a great <laughs> micro <genre. laughs> I think we've we one more, Steve. Have you? Hi, Bicycle Crew. There is a wave of VR coming to the mass market this year. Ooh. How do you think this is going to affect TV and film? Is it the new 3D? That's from Rory in Suffolk. So um, I don't know if you guys have seen the video that's going around, uh, but it was on Facebook. Um, just with your phone, you can take a ride on a speeder from Star Wars Yeah. Uh, in Jakku, the planet where uh, Rey is at the start of Star Wars Force Awakens. You yeah. can look anywhere with the phone, left, right, yeah. up, down, anywhere, and you, it will show you. Like, it's complete 360. That shit's amazing. Yeah. I just don't know. Like, I can imagine action scenes. That would be amazing. I think everyone immediately thinks about porn. Um, but I just don't know. Well, por- porn like, is going to lead this uh, for definite. That's where the most money is. Mm-hmm. Porn mm. is by far is going to drive this technology for sure. Well, but, porn but, has but, driven but, almost all technologies it, exactly. when it comes to filmmaking, exactly. including 3D. Yeah. Um, the other thing was, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, headset that you're talking about comes with the, you can get it as part of the new Samsung S7, but there's yep. a cardboard version out that I bought last year, um, Google Cardboard. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, it does exactly the same job. And it's like, you think you can get it for like $10, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But they're fantastic. It's fantastic. The 3D, just using your phone as the screen is amazing and it works surprisingly well. Um, the new uh, Samsung Galaxy S7 and the 360, you can actually buy the 360 camera is coming out soon. So essentially, mm. what what we're going to be able to do, right? Mm-hmm. And I heard Joe Rogan talking about this during the week, incidentally. Say we're doing the podcast here, all right? We can put the 360 camera over there in the corner uh, on the seat. So you can wear your VR gear. Let's say you're in Vegas there, Sean, and Mark is uh, up in uh, Letterkenny. And so if you wear your VR thing there, it look you it will feel to you as though you're sitting in the room with us, right? Mm. So if we have a link to that stream just from that camera online, anyone can sit there mm. in the room with us and and uh, you know watch us have this conversation or or whatever. But it just it's unlimited when you think about it. Mm. It's not just going to be. 
it's not just going to be like recorded mm-hmm. media that's going to be the exciting thing, I think. Yeah. I think it's the live stuff that's really going to be amazing, you know? I kind of agree and kind of disagree. I think it's going to be all about video games. It's going to be all about video games for me anyway, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. But that seems to be where most of the speculation is at the minute that I've heard about. But of course, yeah. with my interest in games, I'd probably notice that first. So the Oculus Rift has been around for ages. Yeah. I know out of, um, what's that Japanese games? Was it GDC? Game Developer Conference? Was that the one that was on last week? I don't know. Was it? Anyway, they priced, no, it must have been the one in Japan. Whatever the Japanese game conference is. They priced the Sony VR. PlayStation oh, for VR. the PlayStation, yeah, that's a, that's out in the summer, isn't it? Uh, I think it's more towards the time when the leaves are dropping from trees. All right, okay. Um, Autumn. <laughs> uh, fall. The correct answer was fall. Um, they priced it 400 USD or 400 euro because they don't do exchanges. Okay. Um, 350 GBP, I think, something like that. But you would have to buy the PlayStation camera as well. Um, and the Oculus, I think, is something like $700. It's, it's even more, I think. I think it's closer to 800 Because they're talking about this. And with the Oculus, you need a very, very high-end PC. Yeah. You know, uh, that's... Uh, the, I think um, there's another version out there as well that's uh, similar to the Oculus. But again, you need a high-end PC, especially for games. Um, yeah. But the beauty of the PS4 is that it's by Sony. It's not going to break the bank, you know. Um, I think they'll actually be shipping them with new PS4s as well. Um, and they ship with a kind of a black boxed external processor so that the, um, awesome. the PS4 can slave some of the processing off to that. Wow. That's, that's um, clever. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm super excited about the phone one anyway because it's going to be so accessible. Um, but in the, in the recording, I was reading also on how they're going to do, like, uh, let's say that they're talking about uh, The Office. Right. Let's say you have a scenario like that, the office, the TV program, right? Um, or a TV series where they would have a camera in the room, uh, but it's actually being able to move it around the room. So you get that effect that you're actually in it, right? Rather, rather than sat, uh, like in the center stage of a play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they could do that, but it wouldn't be as good uh, if you're able to, you know, manipulate your environment, let's say, or move around in it. Um, so they haven't quite uh, figured that one out yet, unless you're led on a path, you know. Well, I reckon There's in about six or seven years, Steve will be so frustrated with my old phone that he will give me his then old <laughs> S7 so I can catch up with this shit. So I'll let you know then what I think about it. <laughs> There's actually uh, two TED Talks from TED 2016 that would be worth watching. One is a guy actually working with holograms um uh as opposed to with vr like pre-recorded sets oh, okay wow. the other one is a, a dude had google cardboard and everyone in the audience got one and watched a film together yeah um so you saw these people like all looking around in different places and like you know yeah. so for example they were in a helicopter and one of them he, he's one of like big filmmakers who's made a lot of these 360 ones yeah so it showed like helicopters so you saw everyone doing very similar things you know you saw people like at a soccer match and yeah. people were all following but it's been used for quite some time as well in uh, art and political art. Um, I don't even know what the word would be, experiences. Yeah. So like they, they did a thing to try and get people to, uh, I guess it's an empathy experiment, but they gave people these headsets where they could be in this, um, 
war-torn location in the Middle East. Right. Like, actually to have them see what conditions were like and see people and, like, follow this path and see, you know, what's going on and listening to conversations, et cetera, et cetera. Cool. And then just being going, like, yeah, that was recorded a week ago. You know, like, actually have them get close to something like that, even though they live, you know, wherever else in the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Um, The other thing, uh, just the last point on this... um, uh, if you haven't checked it out before, check out on YouTube. On the left-hand side in the menu, there's YouTube 360, and you'll find loads of these uh, uh, these uh, videos. And they don't look too bad actually on the flat screen, mm-hmm. but when you when you put it on the Google Cardboard, it's just a completely different experience. It's really amazing. And you can you know you've, there's one from the Swiss Air Force where you open the jet with them, and you can look over at the other guy in the jet beside you, you know, and this kind of stuff, you know. And or you're, you're, oh shit! There's the border. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you can uh, you know there's one where you're you're at it like a, a music concert and you're in the middle of uh, the crowd and it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's really amazing stuff. Anyway, thanks for all the the mailbag questions. Keep them coming. So mm. mail us on podcast at isitabicycle.com. Cool. Or tweet us at Is It A Bicycle. So I guess that's it. We'll leave it there. Thanks uh, to everybody for listening. <laughs> Not going to thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so from Mike, <laughs> Mike, Mark, Steve, Sean, and Jonah, stay classy. <laughs>